But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hey everybody, you're listening to Give Us a Second, a mini-show series from the greatest moments in the history of forever, and this is our 10th episode, and this episode is Twin Peaks The Return, part 4, finally wrapping it up after a long layoff. We've made another return to (laughs) Twin Peaks The Return. Everybody was really anxiously awaiting this one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think anybody's listening. We can say whatever we want. Sometimes we got to do a couple episodes for us, though, too, people. (laughs) That's true. It's not all about you, the listener. Yeah, I mean, at the heart of this podcast is truly a... Frightening. Self-indulgent thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and if other people can get on board with that that's great but if not hey we don't care right we're gonna talk about something that no one cares about apparently but we do i actually to be honest when we first set out doing this i was surprised i I just kind of thought that there'd be some of our ass clowns were into this but apparently we're the only ones yeah that is true I i don't i don't think anyone else really is very very few i guess like sometimes whenever i get into something and it seems like one of the coolest things ever and then like I go on the internet and just kind of go into places where other people are into it then I start to convince myself that it's you know much more culturally relevant out than there it actually is. in the zeitgeist yeah I mean I, I guess you know the only people truly into this are like Twin Peaks super fans and then like TV critics that have to yeah. write about everything Right. <laughs> Other than that, I guess, you know, most people not flying with the uh, Twin Peaks of Return. No. Even a lot of people that maybe watched the original series at some point. Yeah. I do think that the probably more people watched the original Twin Peaks television show than well, a on. lot of the top ten shows that are on right now. Well, that's true, but it was different then. I know, but I'm just yeah. saying... There were probably it probably was bigger for a moment, and now I mean we are what twenty six, seven, twenty six, twenty seven years later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess not as many people are still well. Much like the flag. The, uh, cast of actors from the series, probably a lot of the viewers have died off since <laughs> its original run. Some of them, yeah, some of them, certainly. You know, when we last discussed this, we had a few episodes left to go. Did we talk about what happened with the Audrey stuff? I believe that was the last last thing we talked about. Which you, at that point, we probably thought there was more to come, but there isn't. I don't know. Well, we may not have gotten her, like, dance thing yet. Oh, that's true. And that's kind of the biggest weird moment with her we may have just gotten i can't remember yeah. when we recorded that at this stuff. point so much time yeah 
which we knew was going to be potentially an issue, so we decided for this part four just to focus on the two-part finale episodes 17 and 18 of The Return. Um, There's a lot Just to in keep there. it simple. Yeah. Not really worry about what we've talked about before, what we didn't talk about, whatever. Because right. we kind of split everything up in weird ways with the first three. But I think uh, a big part of the show for both of us was the Audrey character... And we can just kind of address that by saying, we didn't get any more. Yeah, left up in the air, um, one of the big question marks of the season, How, what was going on with her, number one, and number two, how did that relate to anything else? We don't know exactly. I will say that on Halloween... fate unknown. On Halloween, Mark Frost's second book, this one called Twin Peaks, The Final Dossier, was released. It kind of gives us a little bit more information... Uh, about each of the characters however the bulk of that knowledge primarily focuses on the time between the end of season two and then leading up into season three it does obviously cover some of the stuff from season three but it's not like it really answers a lot what of what happened there yeah so <laughs> what that was a big so <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so going into the last two episodes we got we finally got you know dale cooper back right just in time to lose him again yes. basically yep is That's what ends up all. happening uh so the end of episode 16 really we finally get dale cooper back right yeah now and that leads into 17 where a lot of the pieces are coming together yeah um evil cooper uh is riding around with his son richard who is Audrey's son, so that we yep. kind of get confirmation of that. Which and was, he's aware that he's his son, apparently, because he doesn't he say that at one point? He says, I'm your father? Well, he calls him son okay. after he blows up. Oh, okay, that's what it is then. Yeah, I don't know if he ever tells Richard Yeah, that Yeah, that, that might be what the confirmation that I was thinking of was. Right, um... Yeah, and that's also kind of addressed in the final dossier. It's kind of an icky situation where Audrey was in a coma and was possibly raped by the evil Cooper doppelganger, whatever he yeah, is. Right. Inhabited. He's like the doppelganger who's also inhabited by Bob. Kind of a dark thing there, I guess you would say. So she gets pregnant while in the coma and then gives birth nine months later. Yep. To a son who turns, who's basically the spawn of Satan and is one of the worst pieces of shit in Twin Peaks history. Yeah. Um, kind of a weird character arc for him, though. <laughs> You'd think there'd be more heat on him for killing that kid. Like, right. Obviously, they do reference how they're looking for him, but it doesn't really seem Not like there's really a big manhunt yeah, going on. No. Uh, I guess there's a lot on the minds of the Twin Peaks law enforcement. Yeah. You know, they got to go on... Uh, scavenger hunts in the woods to Bobby Briggs's secret hiding spot. It's like so that's more important than finding a person that actually killed a child. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it seems crazy. So Evil Cooper now, after this whole thing happens where Richard dies, he's finally kind of making his way back into Twin Peaks. Well, yeah, he's obsessed with these coordinates, and he gets one. Well, he gets three sets of coordinates. Two of them match. And one of them don't, doesn't. So they go. he goes to the ones that match, and then that turns out to be a fake, a trap. And that's how Richard gets killed. Right. And then the real ones turn He's out like, to be... He's like, you go check that out. ...in this, like, secret place in the woods that it kind of serves as, like, a... 
gateway. I don't know. Like is a that portal where Andy to Andy the... found, or where they found the chick, right? Uh, yeah, Nido or yeah, whatever her name is, and who turns out to really be Diane. Diane eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's kind of what happens here. I don't really understand. He goes. He goes into this portal, but the giant, the giants there. The the fireman, as he's now called, the giant, he blocks. <clears throat> he seemingly blocks whatever Evil Cooper's trying to do and... Sends him to the police station, right? Yeah, it sends him There's out. There's something that goes on to in the that Twin Peaks Sheriff Department that he goes into that takes a few minutes. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's almost like the giant is like scrolling through an iPad or something. <laughs> yeah. And he swishes him over to the Twin Peaks Sheriff Department. Now... This sets up like kind of. I will say this part for the first time in a little while in this show, I, I was like feeling the tense vibe from it. Like I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, this is like a nervous situation because he encounters Andy right off the bat. Yeah, and we know that Andy doesn't have a clue as to what right. Is Andy's going like, on. "Oh, Agent Cooper, good to see you." Right. So everyone nice spray tan. Everyone like Lucy and Andy, and then um, the new Sheriff Truman. They kind of all just kind of think, oh, this is Coop. Yeah. He looks different, but it's been 25 years. I right. Mean, you know, he's grown his hair out and he's gotten a tan. <laughs> this must just be Cooper. And as a viewer, you're like, oh, God. You're you like, know, holy shit. Well, and you've <laughs> seen him just like coldly murder people. So, yeah, it, but that it seems very much a possibility here. I guess it's kind of up in the air as to what exactly is happening here because. Well, he seems confused also. I guess he's not sure of what happened when he went into the, you know, the lodge or whatever that place is. I'm not really sure exactly where they are, but wherever the giant was, wherever, and then the giant sent him out to this other place. I guess he maybe he doesn't know what happened. Yeah. And so he's ended up here, so he thinks this is where he needs to go to find uh, Jowde or Judy, because that's seemingly what he's trying to do for I some guess. reason. I don't know. I've heard it kind of discussed that maybe he's trying to find this Judy thing to mate with it to create some sort of horrible evil thing. But at the same time, but like that always kind of struck me as a weird explanation because I was like, well, isn't that just Jow day? Do we (laughs) need another level of it? An offspring? You know what I mean? Like it just seems like, I don't know. She's like the queen from aliens. (laughs) Right. I don't know. It's never explained explicitly in the show. Or in either of Mark Frost's books, but like people have kind of speculated as to what exactly Evil Coop's mission is here. He seems to be, he's kind of said that he's looking for Judy. We don't know why. Um, well, we don't really know. Because for times you could think that maybe he's in league with Judy, but apparently not. Do we really know the forces that have been working against him? Because someone's trying to have Ray kill him. Well, Ray was undercover with the FBI. Right. But did they want him to kill? I don't know. Was that? I mean... I don't know. But he also was contacted by Philip Jeffries. Someone who he thought was Philip Jeffries. But we don't know. True. God, it's so confusing. It is. It's literally the most confusing And I was... It was funny when I was watching these... Rewatching these last two episodes, I told you. um, Just that... I think, like... When you're watching it week to week or watching a bunch of episodes in a row, it's just you get so bogged down in all these different details and possibilities. But these last two episodes, 
feel a little bit more contained within each other. And I was feeling like, oh, you know what? I think I'm kind of getting it. And then as soon as I was like two hours removed from watching it, I was like, no, no, I have, I don't know what I was thinking. I can't even remember what I was thinking I thought was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so he goes in and he's talking to Sheriff Truman, uh, Frank Truman, right? Right. And who then gets a phone call from the real Cooper. And I guess I guess props to Frank because he kind of like plays it cool at first, like he's trying to not say the wrong thing because all of a sudden now he's being presented with something that he doesn't quite understand. But I guess maybe the arrival of NATO and like Andy disappearing and then coming back and then them all seemingly losing time, <laughs> yeah, he's like, like now maybe his odd. mind is a little open to like some sort of supernatural world, and so he's when he's presented with this agent Cooper in front of him. And then he's talking on the phone to another person claiming to be agent Cooper. He's able to kind of maintain some coolness. And then just as like evil Cooper is realizing what's happening and he goes to draw his gun, Lucy shoots him. Yeah. In the the back of the hero. (laughs) Now there were like, I guess some clues for the people, the people of the Twin Peaks Sheriff Department to pick up on, like he doesn't get excited over the coffee, right? <laughs> he they does, offer he's him not if acting he wants coffee, and he says no. Yeah, he's not acting like Cooper at all, right? And so Lucy, I guess, is kind of for some reason figured this out because she's the one, I guess, that answered the phone that gives it to Frank. Yes, so he, she knows something's wrong, right? And even though we kind of think of Lucy as an idiot, she's able to at least yes. Put understand that there's like eminent danger um which apparently she packs heat too <laughs> well she got a gun from somewhere true and uh, this leads you know now uh the real cooper shows up a hero for just such a brief time with uh jim belushi and the other guy <laughs> yeah. what what are their mitchum brothers mitchum brothers and their girls candy candy Sandy, Andy, what are their names? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the other two. <laughs> and then, you know, everyone's coming back together. Gordon Cole and Albert are there. Well, are they there? I, I don't know. They don't show up till after the fight with Bob, right? True. Uh, I thought that they witnessed it, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. And then Andy brings up all of the prisoners from downstairs. Yes, because he had some sort of vision that something was going to happen. Yeah, he brings up um, that dude with the weird hand, the glove guy, James, James, NATO, I guess. Right. And at that point, Chad has like disappeared, but he doesn't bring up the uh, drooling weird guy. Well, they beat up Chad because he yeah, tries he, to stage yeah. a breakout. Yeah, he pun- uh, the green gloves guy punches the the door yeah. into his face. Even Andy couldn't take that weird guy that just kept repeating everything i guess that people were kind of putting forward the theory that that guy was like only in chad's mind or something or i can't remember that's weird like what the different theories that were going on with that guy but he ends up not really playing into anything people speculated that he was involved with the audrey storyline obviously we don't know if that's God, so much time has passed. I can't remember any of the names. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, let's Whoever she was looking the, for, Billy, was that it? Stick to the main characters. So then the Green Gloves guy p- 
punches the Bob orb that comes out of the evil Cooper, and well, it breaks up into a million pieces. Yeah, which is so dumb. That that whole sequence plays. Yeah, I'm kind of just speeding through because to, to get to the weird stuff, right? Because there's going to be a lot more to talk about. Yeah, that um, kind of just wraps up the story of season the three. The only thing I want to say about it is it started off like I was really in with like the tense, like what was happening with everyone coming together at the sheriff's station. But the way it plays out is pretty lame, and you just get so little time. With the real Agent Cooper. And, like, even after they defeat Bob or whatever, he's just sort of like to Frank Truman, send my regards to Harry. And that's all you really get. And then everyone else shows up, and then it cuts into the weirdness. Once uh, Cole and Albert and everyone's there, that's when the face kind of comes across the screen. Agent Cooper's face, like, overlays over what's happening, and he starts talking in kind of this obscure kind of way where he's talking about, I like, hope to see you all again. Yeah. And like the hand on the clock is like stuttering Waving. and not moving forward. And everything seems not fucked up real anymore. And it's weird because in the book, the final dossier, they do talk about how Cole describes all of the sudden being in the basement of the great Northern Oh, so that part With is Diane supposed to be real then. And Cooper. Because real in the sense that he experienced it and remembered it. Okay. But he doesn't know what happened after that. Yeah, because that part is one of the parts where I was first thinking, like, this isn't really happening because it just seems so odd. Right. I guess it's almost Why like. Why would just Cole and Diane and Cooper go to this basement and then he's just like, all right, see you guys later? Yeah, well, I don't think. Cole remembers him going into the door because I think it kind of is like the three of them are suddenly in that basement and then Cooper disappears again and they don't know where he is. And that's kind of like where, as far as like the world of Tammy and Cole and the actual FBI people, yeah. they don't know where Cooper is again. They've, oh, okay. It's kind of, they. I think they even do, comp- she like compares it to that time when Philip Jeffries shows up after being missing for a long time. Oh, right, where and he then was disappears just again. in their world for such a small blip of time. Yeah, that's the way that they're, like, approaching this. Okay, like, that makes sense. He showed up we and he was precedent. here, and then he just was gone again. And they don't... Cole doesn't really remember anything about this doorway that Cooper goes through, where now Cooper goes and talks to Philip Jeffries, who's basically a teapot. Yeah. And... Well, one of the things, though, is, like, Mike, the one-armed man, like, is at the other side of the door and walks him through. Yeah. And I was kind of having this moment where I was like, is Cooper now kind of one of these, like, Mike-type characters where he's not really a human being anymore? Well, that's definitely possible. It seems like Philip Jeffries, Dale Cooper, and Chet Desmond have kind of crossed over and become, like, these Black Lodge entities or something, and... You know, maybe they're not all hanging out in the room above a convenience store like some of those other weirdos, yeah. but they're basically kind of the same things now where they can kind of Travel. enter Earth occasionally, but they exist on some sort of different plane. Right. But we don't know why no, or how or anything because it's like, well, is that what happened to Laura Palmer? Is that what happened to her father, Leland, Leland Palmer? Is that what they are now? And obviously... You know, spoiler alert, not that anyone's listening to this, 
and not that anyone cares about any of the episodes and well, reading the book, that. but yeah. spoiler alert, in the book it's kind of confirmed that Sarah Palmer swallowed that weird bug thing that looked like the logo they used for Jowde. So I think it's safe to assume that she's been possessed by Jowde for her whole life, and that in a weird way is maybe how her and or Jowde and Bob kind of have been united because through Leland and so Sarah. It's almost like yeah, it's like Bob and Judy are Laura's parents. Right. So it's like we don't know we I think once you start peeling the layers back of this, it's like we don't really know anything. No. Is Laura an agent of good I w- I or did, evil? I did think it was so weird to have Sarah Palmer end up being like Judy, basically. I Well, I think it's the same thing as like Bob with Leland. I think she's right. like possessed by this Jowday thing, and I don't think it manifests itself all the time. Because right. yes. I think she's done, most of her life was fairly normal. Yeah. And I don't think like it was something that always was at, on the surface. Kind of like how, you know, Bob wasn't actually killing everybody. It was just, it came out and it killed Teresa Banks right. and Laura and, you know, may, try to kill Ronette and maybe there was someone else too, but whatever. It, it wasn't like these, uh, you know, super evil beings that just killed all the time. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like these things that just would bubble up to the surface. But I don't know. I, I guess you go back to that episode eight and you think of the giant way back at the time oh, of yeah. Jowde taking of entering Sarah Palmer. He had a face of Laura already. Like before Sarah had ever even met Leland, so it's like I don't know. That's is a the, rabbit or, hole. Is, is the giant? Did the giant really kind of create Laura? Is she actually like an agent of good and not like the true offspring of two evil entities? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> People, it's I'd so love crazy. the. I'd love to have someone listen to this who has no experience with Twin Peaks at all, and they'd be like, Are, "Is this serious? Is I this a real thing?" <laughs> one, I I do have a little bit. Of just a disappointed feeling of how deep into that supernatural world that everything went. I love it. Because I thought it was like a good balance in the first season of like I, the people thing I, well, in the real world was, versus supernatural. And this was I just like there was a way. lot of like real world stuff with like Norma and Big Ed and Shelly and you know, her and Bobby's divorce and their daughter now kind of going down the wrong path. I think they included enough of that in there. I think this was just the new direction. And I mean, yeah, not everybody's going to be on board, but I think... think, I'm still on board. I think it's just a, a, a real special thing that they managed to kind of do a nostalgia run without ever being nostalgic. They just kind of did something where they took a lot of the old pieces and they made something new. And, you know, I think if you look at some of, like, you know, Lynch's post-Twin Peaks work, this is, like, more the direction that he's in now. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there were, I think there were a lot of cool elements from the original run that didn't come back for this. And, I mean, yeah, it would have been cool for some of that stuff. But I think, like, they just chose to kind of go in a different direction. Like, they didn't really feel the need to, like, make it, as melodramatic and like parody like did someone just die <laughs> nighttime soap <laughs> operas and whatnot um 
What is going on? It sounds like someone's falling down multiple sets of stairs. Our stairs. Uh. Yeah, no, I mean, whatever. I, I'm I'm still all in on everything. Now, I will say, too, the going into the last episode, I really felt like that, more than the rest of the season, captured what I was hoping for it to be like. Just that, well, like, weird, like... I Yeah, I, I mean, felt, like, completely unsettled during that last yeah, episode. Yeah, but I also felt like the last episode was nothing like the original. No, I know. Run. Right. But I just think that it was everything that I like about David Lynch's work. Well, before we get to that, we should say that Cooper goes and sees this Philip Jeffries and he asks him for a date and everything. And you kind of have to like figure out what's happening. It's not like it's some big mystery, but you kind of are like, what exactly is he doing now? And basically, Cooper, through the power of this Black Lodge magic or whatever you want to call it, he... Yeah. He's kind of back to the Ends same up, mission that he was on 25 years ago, I guess. Maybe. Be, I don't know if 25 years ago... See, like I don't know if 25 years ago they realized that they could travel through time. Well, I, I don't, don't know. know. But he goes back... Within the, the context of the original series, you don't know that. But I thought you were supposed to understand from what Gordon Cole says about the conversation that he had with Cooper before he went into the Black Lodge... Back then, was, oh, you mean I, when he like get retcons, two, get the two birds or kill the two yeah, birds yeah, with one the stone retcon thing. that yeah. Cole does. Is that the beginning of seventeen or is that in I, the end of? 16 I think that's or? the beginning of seventeen. Yep. Yeah, he kind of gives us this speech about stopping Judy and possibly saving Laura. Kind of yeah. two birds, one so stone. So basically, thing. there was a conversation off screen between Major Briggs. that we conveniently never knew about, right? <laughs> And and so when Cooper goes into the Black Lodge at the end of season two, he actually has this ulterior motive, not just going in to get Heather Graham. Right. And I think they kind of set it up where Albert, he's like apologizing to Albert for not telling him this. And Albert's like, you don't need to apologize. And Cole's like, I know, but I do anyway, which is I think Albert is supposed to be like the audience there. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm sorry that I'm only telling you this now, but we've right. decided that this is what's happening yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so he goes back to the date in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, which was the prequel movie to the original show, and he basically pulls Laura out of that last night of her life. One of just a series of Laura Palmer screams, which is always just the... Now, this was like cool because they intercut it so that like when Laura screams when she's with James at something that you never see in Firewalk with me in episode 17 right. it's this because Cooper's in the woods and now we get yeah. like two perspectives of an old shot that we've already seen right. in the movie and now and at it's first like... first you're like, why is this in black and white? And it had to be because when they shot the new scenes with like what's supposed to be a young Laura Palmer, but played by an old Cheryl Lee. Yeah. They kind of, you know, through some magic of filmmaking, yeah. made it so that she could play her younger self. And he's pulling her through the woods, basically taking her away from the night that leads to her murder. And while he's doing that, she's seemingly sucked up into the sky or something. Yeah, she, we don't uh, know. Some weird creaking noises and then she disappears feel anything in her hand anymore yeah and so did people comment on what that noise was like do they use that yes. noise in episode eight and it, stuff or it something? is matched up with something somewhere okay, i don't yeah. remember what it is i mean there's too much I know, you know i what understand I mean? 
and I, unfortunately, you know, we I think we wanted to get to this part four, you know, a while ago, and it you know we had to push it back for the greatest October, and then these listener requests, and so we right. had, it so much time has gone by. It's like I can't remember every single thread because somebody, you know, that's the thing with like the internet, like even if ninety percent of somebody's insanely long theory they wrote is bullshit they might have a couple of things in there where you're like who that could make sense and yeah you can't remember every little detail that everyone brings up or whatever but i i do remember someone saying that noise was the same as something and i don't remember what but anyway she disappears um we kind of see sarah palmer freaking out on a picture of laura we're kind of like left up in the air we don't know She's gone. We don't know what's happened. We don't know how even know how really Cooper's going to get out of 1989 right. again or whatever. Uh, who knows? But um, <laughs> 18 is basically a weird mirror of episode one at the beginning where yeah. he's back in the Black Lodge. There's Mike. There's Leland Palmer. There's the tree that used to be yes. uh, the little person who now is has basically gum for a head. The events of the the first episode kind of play out again where they're trying to get him out of the Black Lodge and he can't get out, except this time he does get out. And where in the first episode it's kind of Hawk approaching Sycamore Grove or whatever it's called, now it's Diane and he just walks right out of the Black Lodge. Yeah, um, the little, the arm who used to be the little guy and now is a tree. Yeah. He references the story of the little girl who lived down the lane, which is something that Audrey referenced in one of her weird conversations right. with her husband, Charlie. Um, we don't know really what the connection is. I, I don't, I've never even really confirmed that it is a reference to the film with Jodie Foster. I don't know. I haven't watched the film yet. I do own it and plan to watch it and see if I can make any sense of this reference i don't know if Probably that's even not. what they're referencing right i don't know i feel like that is a, a a name of something that existed probably even prior to that film i think it's just probably like a, an yeah. expression or something but i don't know anyway so now he's out with diane they're driving um they're romantic they seem like they have to drive what is it 430 miles 30 miles away from whatever i don't know yeah we don't really know. It's kind of hard to know, remember all this, all the little rules. This all references mess. back to like something the giant said in one of the first, the first episode, episode yeah. about four hundred and thirty. Richard and Linda, two birds, one stone. All of these things yeah. that are like clues, but we don't know if they're clues. They're not really clues. They're more like foreshadowing. Because what is Richard and Linda a clue to? It's possible that either the giant is telling him what will happen, or. He's saying if this shit starts to happen, you need <laughs> to fucked. you need to go the other direction. But like he doesn't remember, and it kind of it's almost like Cooper now becomes this new character named Richard, or at least we think he's named Richard. We don't really know what he's what he even is at this point. And basically, the whole idea of Twin Peaks now is lost. Yeah. Everything we knew we knew about Twin Peaks is, gone. is now changed and different and lost. And the characters that we've come to know and love, especially any that were directly connected to the murder of Laura Palmer or even the life of Laura Palmer, seemingly have been has been erased. But we don't know exactly where we are anymore. We know that Cooper goes with Diane to a 
one level motel. They go into a room after Diane inexplicably sees her doppelganger, which we don't really know why. Right. They have a horrific long sex scene. Yeah, it just goes on and on, really. Cooper wakes up the, in the next morning alone in a bed a that's letter. clearly different, in a room oh, that's, that's clearly true, yeah. different, and there's a letter addressed to Richard from Linda. But like you point out when we watch it again, he wakes up and says, Diane? Like He's, he's still looking expect- for Diane. Right. He doesn't know who Richard or Linda yeah. are. And when he leaves the hotel room, now he's in a double-level motel, two levels. Yep. It's completely different from the outside. The car he gets into is different. Now he's in Odessa, Texas. Everything's very cold. We don't really know how he got to Odessa, Texas. He just is there. And we don't know how he knows any of this stuff because he stops at a diner. Now, it is like Judy's Diner, right? Yes, it is Judy's Diner. Which, of course, is not like a coincidence. I think the idea here is that we're now in Judy's reality that she has, or it, yeah, has created to hide Laura in. I think because we see the white horse logo come up a couple of different places in this world, which was something prominent in the early series. He goes to this diner. What the white horse ever meant, though, I don't know. It's just like a it's like an indication that Judy's around around. and well, the white horse was first like a vision of Sarah Palmer. Yeah. Who is inhabited by Jowde. She sees it. Uh. Right before Bob kills Maddie. Yeah. He goes to this diner. He seemingly knows that who he's looking for is a waitress at this diner, but she's not working that day. So he gets the address after, you know. From a pretty cute waitress. Yeah, Clint Eastwood's daughter. Yeah. Looking pretty good. Absolutely. I mean, we don't really have time to go over any of this other stuff because it's like pointless anyway. So then he goes to this house. The woman that comes to the door is Cheryl Lee. The actress, but she says that she's not Laura Palmer. Now, before this, it did still, like, the scene in the diner still partially feels like a reality-type scenario, but his interaction with Laura, or whatever her name is. Terry Page. Yeah, completely bizarre. Well, we should say that he's not really acting like Dale Cooper or Evil Cooper. No, yeah. He seems to be acting in a completely new way. Right. And that's why I think people have come to the conclusion that he is now somebody else, and for lack of a better term, they refer to him as Richard because that's seemingly what Diane slash Linda has called him. But we don't really know who he is, why he's here, how he got here, how he knew. Like, if that's the other thing. If Jaude or Judy took took Laura out of 1989 so that she wouldn't be murdered, but also so that Dale couldn't save her... Does your head hurt yet? And he hid, and Jaude hid Laura somewhere else under a different identity and wiped her memory clean. How did Dale, like, how does he end up there? How does he know that she's there? How does he know that she's a waitress at this diner? I don't know. But he finds her, and then, even though she doesn't know who he is and doesn't know who Laura is and doesn't know what he's talking about, her life seems to be shit at the moment. So she's like, all right, fuck it. I'll go with you to this Twin Peaks place. Yeah. And so they go... Well, also, there's a dead body sitting in the house. Yeah, there's me. A guy (laughs) shot in the head. A guy who looks disturbingly like me. Carrie Page not reacting to it at all. Dale Cooper kind of like, that's peculiar. Yeah, but he he doesn't say that, though. He doesn't say anything. (laughs) And then the phone's ringing, too. Yeah. Obviously, whatever life 
Carrie Page's living in Odessa was not going great. Yes, no. <laughs> so they drive all I do the way like to Twin how Peaks. Even in these like weird parallel universe, whatever they are, like you still have to work. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, she's I don't carrying know. on this waitress job for what? <laughs> well, she, I mean, I guess in I mean, as far as Carrie Page knows, she's not in some alternate right. world. I guess this is just her reality. Yeah, I mean, you don't. I did make the comment upon rewatching it that it's sparsely populated but you do see other people there are other people in the diner there are other cars on the road it's not like it's completely empty but it does seem off yeah and even though texas is a long way from washington state they seemingly drive there in what seems to be one go i mean obviously this takes up a big portion of the episode as them driving but you don't see them stay at like a hotel or anything. It just no, no. seems like they drive there in a course of a day, which does, of course doesn't make any sense, but seemingly... They, All through the night, really. Seemingly, that's what happens, and then they're there. And it isn't so late. Like He does comment when they knock on the door. It does. He does comment on them being late, but it's not like 4 a.m. It's just no, like no. maybe like The woman who late. answers uh, the door is still in like normal clothes. So it's like they left when it was daylight in Odessa and somehow made it to Twin Peaks just after dark at some point i, I don't know it's I like <laughs> yeah or we don't know we don't know what lynch's intention is here like he could be implying like he could ju- he could dismiss this and just be like oh well they did stay at hotels and we just cut that out and this is just the trip or anything is possible or it's it is supposed to be weird that they drove there in one day. Like we don't know. So then he take. We don't know what, even what Cooper's mission is. He feels like he has to take this woman that he believes to be Laura Palmer back to her childhood home in Twin Peaks, where she lived with Sarah and Leland up until the moment he plucked her out of history. Right. And she has no memory of this and doesn't know what's going on. But for some reason, this is his mission. And as a viewer, we don't know why. Yeah. So what do you think happened in the reality after that night James leaves her, Cooper starts pulling her away, and she's sucked away? Well, according to the final dossier, it's very strange how they do this in the book where the FBI agents like Cole and and, uh, Tammy Preston and, and whatnot, they are aware that Laura was murdered at one point, and that's why this all started. And yet, all of the newspaper articles now don't say that. They say she went missing. Oh, wow. And disappeared. And then as they all are leaving Twin Peaks and flying back to Philly and Washington, their memories start fading, and it's only like the words on the paper now. It's kind of like the end of It. Yeah. And everything started to change. Like, nobody remembers her being murdered. Her story made it into the paper for a little bit while she was missing, and then kind of was... Everyone moved on because she never was found. So all the people that live in Twin Peaks, obviously no one lives in a reality where Laura Palmer was murdered now. Seemingly. Wow. But, like, I think the interesting thing about a story like this is that, like, when you first present that idea on the surface, everything is like, well, she disappeared. She wasn't murdered. Everyone knows this. No one remembers this alternate reality. But then, like, I think you could, if they were to, like, maybe come back for a fourth season, I think, like, you could start cracking away at that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. People are kind of losing their minds because they do remember this other, you know, like the Berenstein, Berenstain, Berenstain. 
<laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. people might all of a sudden start remembering something differently, or or who knows? This could they could have already thought this far ahead, and that could be something going on with like Audrey and why she's crazy. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know what exactly a, the all future I have holds. To say really, to all of this is yeah, I don't know because it's just like how do you even speculate? Here? Now the end of the. F- episode the end of this series the end of season three and possibly the end of everything with twin peaks unless they do decide to come back and do some more is pretty chilling i still kind of get goosebumps every time because it's so like it takes forever to get to this moment and by the time you get to it you're just like what the fuck is happening and then even watching it live and realizing that it was all about to be over you know you start get like panicking you're like well there's only a couple minutes left i don't know what's happening what is happening right they knock on this door. This is like the classic kind of way that David Lynch can just make me feel uneasy. It's this iconic Palmer household that we all know from the first two seasons and the movie. And even a few times we've seen Sarah in this house in this season. And so we know this house well. And I guess if you're Agent Cooper, you're fully expecting Sarah Palmer or somebody to answer the door. And it's a woman we don't recognize who answers the door. With the past changing and everything, I guess Leland Palmer not dead either, possibly? How is that addressed in the final dossier? I think he died shortly after Laura's disappearance. Okay. And I think Tammy references that from the news articles or something. But I I don't know. You're going to have to read it. Yeah, I will. Um, So, but I don't... But even... Still, this would not be knowledge that Cooper would have, so I don't Correct. know if he's expecting yeah. both Sarah and Leland to be there. He seemingly is definitely expecting Sarah to be there. Right. And maybe that's only because in his own mind he remembers I guess Leland dying. when he sees Carrie Page, he says, your father was Leland Palmer, your mother is Sarah Palmer. So he's still under the belief that Leland is dead and Sarah is alive. Which is strange. Right. I guess he wouldn't if have put it together. he'd be bringing his own memories into that and for some reason not understanding that his memory of Leland dying would be different right okay so this woman answers the door it's a blonde woman we've never seen before she doesn't know who Sarah Palmer is and Cooper still acting very strange and un-Dale Cooper-esque is asking these questions very like slowly like who are well he doesn't even ask her name he's like who did you buy this house from it was somebody named Chalfont Right. What's your name? Alice Tremond. These are, if you're like a big Twin Peaks fan, these names should be familiar to you. They are names associated with Black Lodge deities that we've come across the throughout old woman some of the who's other. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, and her son. And I think Grandson. in Fire Walk with me, they were in a trailer. Close to Teresa Banks, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's correct. They always seem to pop up right around where some weird shit's about to go down. Yeah, because they also lived in the house next door to uh, the blind guy from season one. Right. But then turned out they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's like it's kind of haunting that they're somehow inhabiting this space. People interact with them, but then it's always revealed that they weren't really there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... So is that what's supposed to be going on with this lady? Too? I don't know. It just seems like the Palmer household is another gateway portal kind of place. Yeah. And so 
these names though don't really ring a bell for Carrie Page or Cooper, so they back down and go back into the street. And it, at this point, like if you're Laura slash Carrie, you'd, you'd be thinking like, "What the fuck is going on? I drove all the way here, and this guy obviously doesn't know what's going on." Right, but she doesn't seem like she knows anything really. Yeah, She's- I think like she was taken aback a little bit when he said the name sarah palmer remember her reaction yeah all the way back in odessa she did react a little bit to that like she's like what is going on and so at this point cooper kind of starts to almost malfunction like a droid or a robot where he's just kind of like moving weirdly in the street and then he's just like what year is it i and it is truly uh just kind of unnerving at that point because even just he's kind of just walking in the street like <laughs> I like how you're motioning yeah. it like somebody could see right him. but it's just like he just seems confused and a little bit panicked and it's just like the confident Dale Cooper with well, all the it, answers but is it's just almost gone. like everything is hitting him at once right because his only question then is what year is it he suddenly it's almost like he suddenly realizes that he doesn't even know he has no when idea. he is let alone where right because and i think like his trifling with this stuff has just doomed him to an existence of whatever the yeah, fuck yeah it, it may not be the overall message of twin peaks but it kind of plays into a message that you would get into in like other time travel things or other science fiction which is like once you start going down this road of messing with the past and messing with time it's like you can't control what happens after yes. that everything gets messed up and especially if you buy into the idea that then when he went back to 1989 to save Laura, that Jao Day got involved, well, then not only are you dealing with time travel, you're now dealing with like these supernatural things that you don't know and right. you don't understand. And they've could possibly like, we don't even know the supernatural beings like powers. We don't know if they can just create alternate worlds and hide people there. Like we don't know what's going on. We don't know and- where he is or what he's doing for all we know. There could be, hundreds and hundreds of realities now or thousands and he's lost in one of them and, and to find kind of, your way back is maybe impossible which is what happened to philip jeffries it may and Chet Desmond. yeah that's the thing it may shed some light on the other mysteries around the show like yeah like it chet desmond just disappears is that what happened to him he's kind of stuck in one of these uh and I, i'll say this i i love the way that it ends like this because i think the message stays uh, consistent from the end of season two the one of the things that's so unsettling for me when cooper's like possessed by bob or you know it's evil cooper or whatever is just how can he ever come back from this and we kind of find out he can't he doesn't really yeah well he can't undo this now the final note of episode 18 is we hear very faintly as if coming from another world almost or another interpretation would be the upstairs of this house we don't know exactly where this is coming from but we faintly hear sarah palmer crying out laura now people have interpreted this differently people have tried to say that this was her calling laura from episode one of the show when she's trying to wake Laura up and of course Laura's not there because she's been murdered it doesn't sound like that it's not that voice this is a more horrifying like rage in this voice yeah like a desperate rage this isn't like her calling Laura to wake up this is some horrible cry 
which kind of jars something loose within the mind of Carrie Page where she kind of wakes up as Laura Palmer almost and she screams and the lights in the house and the windows kind of blow out. Lights go out, the windows Cooper blow out. to it. And then everything goes black. And then we kind of get the unnerving final credits of Laura whispering into Agent Cooper's ear back in the Black Lodge Yeah, once again. And it's like you're just left not knowing when that's occurring. Some people have interpreted this as like a happy ending. Like she's ended this reality by screaming and they're suddenly zapped back where they need to be. I don't really that's buy a that possibility, at all. Though. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It, no, feels, it feels much dark. more sinister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and plus, even if they potentially, if that could maybe be part of the explanation, it still doesn't mean, I mean, they haven't dealt with this Judy, this Jowde thing. I mean, that's, we don't even really know what that is other than it, no. we saw it briefly, I guess, when it killed those kids in one of the first episodes. The and ones it, that were fucking in the place in New and York. Then I guess when Sarah Palmer like kills that dude in the bar, that's supposed to be Judy, right? Oh yeah, that is like so fucking great. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, that is referenced in the book, but they don't know what happened. She did there. it. Yeah, they don't really know what happened. They kind of just reference it offhandedly about something, but I think that she was there when it happened, but they don't know. I, I don't know. Whatever. Um. Yeah, we are way over here on this yeah one. i don't know hopefully the, this didn't cut off i don't know what time we started did you set it for an hour yeah no, we're still good so bonus i guess bonus for, any, for all of those twin peak diehards that accidentally find this on itunes um follow the show on twitter at greatest pod we are done talking about twin peaks the return if we ever do venture back to twin peaks it will definitely be from the original run of the show i don't but, think we probably no, won't, probably right? not. But I think we learned a lesson that yeah. nobody else cares about Twin right. Peaks, I, which is truly disappointing. But I'm glad we did it. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, this we I mean we we talk about the things that are important to us, and this was certainly important to us this past summer. It was the highlight of the year, maybe in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, in a big year. I will say this: it's like every other show on television kind of caters towards a soap opera audience they just dress it up differently i mean people maybe are in denial about it but like game of thrones is a soap opera yeah twin peaks which was parodying soap operas in its original two runs for season three was not a soap opera no it is an art project and it is something completely different and And it's it's unlike anything else you don't get a lot of david lynch type figures getting to make tv shows (laughs) you know like serial type running shows yeah and there's no there's a lot of people i think who have tried to imitate david lynch and most of those people are nameless at this point because it's you you can't make a career off of imitating lynch because no one can do it there's no one else like it i i love a lot of directors and a lot of cool directors have gotten involved with tv like fincher with mindhunter and stuff oh yeah it's not like Fincher is not the thing is, there is in the just same universe. Nothing as like it. Anytime you and I talk about trying to find something like it, it, it it's just not. It just doesn't really exist. No. So it was great, and uh, you know maybe you know since we're posting these, as long as you know I keep paying the fee <laughs> to keep them online. I mean, maybe people will stumble across them. Who knows? Over the years. Yeah. <laughs> the years. Oh, <laughs> 
All right, so uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends. Regular episodes and listener requests are coming up, so if you've made it through all of this and you're thinking, my God, what did I just listen to? Don't worry. Regular stuff will resume shortly, and we'll see you. Oh